Turn to Deuteronomy. Chapter 8. This chapter is warnings against forgetting the Lord. And uh, I just want to read some of this. Y'all ready? Greetings to all our online people. What's up? Glad you're here. When you can't be, you can be online. But if you could be, perhaps you should be. Every commandment, verse 1, every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe. That you may live and multiply and go in and possess. Let me just stop and say that you have to possess what belongs to you. It's not just going to roll over and show up on the front porch. You, ha you have to go and possess it. My dog, I have a, 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 a black lab that's just about four months old. The agreement was uh, we can go ahead and, how many of you know you got to work things out with your spouse sometimes? All the time, says Pastor Karen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So the deal was you can get the black lab, but this one you're going to train. This one, meaning there was other dogs that had learning difficulties. Well, you know, breeding is important. It's, it's everything. It's, it's important with, with dogs. There's smart dogs and dumb dogs. How many of you know that? Now, cats, I think all of them are stupid. I, I'm just... I, no, okay. Well, they're like the fallen human nature. Cats are. You feed them, and they think they're the queen or king of the house. You know what I mean? They don't come when they're called. They're, they're, they're on, anyway, I know all you cat lovers, God bless you. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So a highly intelligent dog, uh, it's doing recall training right now. So I'm on this schedule of six weeks of recall training. Say, so what is that? Well, there's a lot of different ways to do it, but I, the dog, you know, and a 30-foot leash and a whistle and a certain set of uh, pips, they're called, on a whistle indicate to teach the dog to come back. So when we're in the very beginning stages of this, even though the dog has got it, you have to make sure the dog's not distracted. You have to, there's all kinds of things you have to do. So we're, we're learning how to do that and make this a, a bird dog and uh, going to be a well-trained dog. Okay, but it's not going to happen by accident any more than your kids get well-trained by accident. And all the moms and dads said, amen. And that which the Lord promises you, you have to go possess it. You have to take it. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just like, oh, one day, there it is. I mean, sometimes it's like that, but mostly it isn't. Go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore your forefathers. Verse 2. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years out of the wilderness to humble you and to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna. This is a profound verse of Scripture. It's a profound verse of Scripture. They hungered. It's really a picture of them crying out to God, and then God would feed them. This is the way it is. As you cry, as you go and possess, you cry out to God. You, you walk in agreement with him. You partner with him, and he releases the manna. That's how it is. 
So the Lord God blessed them. And this is, these are, this is talking of Israel as they possess the, the promised land. Your garments didn't wear out, verse 4, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. You should know in your heart that man chases his son, so the Lord God chastens you. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways and fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Come on, someone say he's bringing me into a good land. Good land, a land of brooks and water, fountains and streams and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates. You'd be shouting if you knew the New Testament application of this. This is the Old Testament. I know some of you are like, yeah, well, that's the Old Testament, so we're not, we're not in the Old Testament. We're, we're in the New. I, I know. I'm about to just blow your mind in a second, so just hold on. Because the Old Testament is types and shadows of the greater things to come. So if he's talking about the, in the Old Testament that he's going to do all of this for you, land, you know, olive oil, honey, hallelujah. You'll eat the bread without scarcity, which you'll lack nothing. Everybody said they lack nothing. Land whose stones were iron, out of whose hills you can dig copper. He's talking about Alaska, I think. And when you've eaten, watch this now, and are full, then you should bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commands, his judgments, his statutes, which I command you. I think it says this day, but I have to turn the page. Okay, today, verse 12. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply, that's the word of the Lord for our church worldwide, is to multiply. And your silver and gold have multiplied. And all that you have is multiplied. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through that great terrible wilderness in which the fiery serpents and scorpions and a thirsty land where there is no water, who brought water out of the flinty rock, verse 16, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you, that he might test you to do good in the end, verse 17. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your forefathers as it is this day. We have a, an, a, a horrible propensity to have an am, spiritual amnesia. To just kind of forget that it's the Lord that is the one that's doing. Come on, the heart that beats within your chest right now. Come on, check your pulse. The heart that beats within your chest right now is a gift from the Lord. The breath that you're breathing, many of us have been taking for granted. You've been breathing since you're in here. Most of you were breathing all day. Some of you need to breathe. Take a deep breath. Ah, Jesus in, devil out, praise the Lord. That's a gift from the Lord. Now, there's no question the Psalms say that he brought them out with the silver and gold and there was not one feeble among them. 
Does everybody understand that the Old Testament, they came out of Egypt, that God gave them the promised land. They had to possess it. They had to fight the fights. They had to do the deal. They had to keep God's word. They had to keep God's commandment. And this is, this is a word of encouragement. Do not forget. Don't forget the Lord. Another place is when you have goodly houses and gates. Don't forget the Lord. One of the ways you don't forget him is by tithing and giving. All right. All right. Turn to Hebrews. Minister Micah, why don't you jump on the keys for me, please? So we say, well, that's the Old Testament. That was, that's what God did in the Old Testament. Okay, so just listen and let these scriptures set your heart on fire here in Hebrews. Old Testament, now reading from the New Testament. Hebrews 9, let's just go with verse 1. Then indeed, even the first covenant had ordinances and divine service and an earthly sanctuary for the tabernacle was prepared. It goes on to list the tabernacle lampstand, the veil, the second veil, the holy of holies, the golden censer, verse 4, talks about the rod of Aaron that budded that was in the Ark of the Covenant. Goes on to talk about the Ark of the Covenant, verse 6. When these things had been prepared, he's talking about the, the priestly service. Verse 7 of Hebrews 9. But unto the second part, the high priest went only once a year. That was the Holy of Holies. And not without blood. In other words, there was blood. Because without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. Watch this now. Which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. Verse 8. The Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, not yet revealed, while the first tabernacle was standing. So when I'm reading out of Deuteronomy, it's talking about the tabernacle. The tabernacle is another name for house. It was the house of worship, the place where the Ark of the Covenant was. All of those things are types and shadows. Can you see, a, can you see my shadow here? How many of you see the shadow, maybe? If you're looking, you can see. How many of you know? You see your shadow? Look, find your shadow. Go ahead, find it. Find your shadow. Okay, you see it? You see your shadow? Okay, is your shadow you? No, it's a shadow of you. You're close. It's an indication that you're nearby. You're like, wait, I had to check for a second. Wait. So it's a shadow of things to come, says Hebrews as well. So the tabernacle was a picture or a shadow or a type of the real thing. All right, wait for it. Now just hold on. So, so if God brought them in to possess the land and he gave them the silver and gold and not, none, none of them were feeble, and he's reminding them, don't forget when you, when you possess and you do all these things. And I, you know, I mean, streams and rivers and fountains and honey and olive oil and multiplication. I multiply you and I multiply this and I multiply that. That's Old Testament. It's the lesser covenant. That's the, the type shadow. It's not, it's not, it's not the actual thing. Are you, are you tracking I might preach when I read the next part. I'm just saying. I might just lose my mind in a second. I can tell you guys are on the edge of your seats at home. Nail biter. 
go to verse Hebrews 9. It was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and services were offered, which cannot make him who performed the service perfect. In other words, all the blood, all the goats, all the sacrifice couldn't make the high priest perfect, couldn't really cleanse all the sins of Israel in regard to conscience. Concerned only with foods and drinks of various washings and fleshy ordinances imposed until the time of reformation. Verse 11. But Christ, but Jesus, Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, but Christ came as a high priest of the good things to come. Which the greater and more perfect tabernacle, what do you mean greater, more perfect tabernacle? Hold on. Hold on now. Not talking about the Old Testament one. Not made with hands. That is, not of this creation. There's a tabernacle in heaven. There's a holy of holies in, in the third heaven. There's the holy of holies. There's a mercy seat in heaven. Not with the blood, verse 12 of Hebrews 9. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the most holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. That's why John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Listen, we read Deuteronomy. You read all the promises of the Old Testament. They're all fulfilled in Christ. He became a curse for you, Galatians 3. It's true. You don't have to worry. You don't have to fret because he already paid the price. You just have to receive it. But these things are accessed by faith, by confident assurance. Some of you haven't settled it in your mind. You haven't settled it in your heart. You read these things like, oh, you're going to bring me into the land of milk and honey. Yeah, milk and honey, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Yet you live in the land of like, you know, the lack of. You have to take your faith and just merge it with the Word and, and take your mind and, and wash it. Renew it. So many double-minded people. Lord's going to bless me, but I don't have any money and I don't know how I'm going to... What are you... T- wait a minute. Wait, a, wait what? I'm, I'm trying to tell you on one of the services we had recently to begin to speak differently. How you doing? I'm blessed, highly favored with the ability to accrue great wealth. Go ahead, tell, tell your neighbor. How you doing? I'm blessed, highly favored with the ability to accrue great wealth. Now you might freak out a regular worldly person with that, but you should say it to yourself in the mirror. Listen, for, for, for my first year, first months of being saved, when I started realizing that I was a new creation, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. But I didn't feel new. I felt old and I felt ashamed. I felt dirty even. I, I, I hated myself. I would wake up in the morning and I would look at myself in the mirror. I, I got this from John G. Lake. I read something about John G. Lake, how he would dress in a suit and he would look himself in the mirror and says, that's, that's a God man. It's a God man in that suit right there. Everywhere I go, God goes. And I thought, well, does that, that almost sounds like heresy. But actually, it's true. Because if Jesus lives on the inside of you, wherever you go, Jesus is going. You understand? 
So I started doing that. I started looking at myself and I would go, you're a man of God. And I'd be like, no, you're not. I'd be like, yes, you are. And I would look at myself and I'd look at my blue eyes and I'd start crying and I'd feel shame. And I'm, no, I'm a new creature. I'm new. And I would preach at myself in the mirror. Some of you think this is crazy, but y'all, maybe you should add it. Because you walk far beneath your God-given blood-bought right. Walk far beneath the power and the, the, the authority that's been purchased for you at the cross of Calvary. And, and, and we live beneath these promises and you have to possess them. They're possessed by faith. You got to grab hold of him. I had a dog that hated being washed. I don't think we'll have that problem with the lab. They like water. But I've, I've, I've had dogs that hated being washed. And how many of you know a dog needs to be washed? Either that or you're going to, you know, they start stinking. All right, if they're outside, all right, great. But if they're inside, and I had one dog, man, if, if it saw the hose, you know, I mean, it's just like you got a leash, and it's just, you know, this is one of those, it had issues. It, it had generational iniquity, I think. It might have had a devil. We did have a dog that had a devil. Remember that? Which one? We had somebody from the church, a cowboy from the church say, so he experienced our dog manifesting a devil. I'm convinced it was a devil or maybe it had something wrong with his mind or brain or something, I don't know. And he said to me, I'll never forget what he said. He cowboy, farmer. He said, uh, Pastor, I've been, he was standing at my front, front door. You know your dog? I go, yeah, she's. He goes, yeah. You know, I know you can't do it because you know, you're a pastor, but I'm happy to take that thing out and shoot it if you want me to. <laughs> It's God's honest truth. <laughs> dog, dog, washing the dog. So, I, so, you know, it was my job as a kid to wash the dog at certain times. And I had this one dog, it just didn't like water. And it would roll in all kinds of dead stuff. It was a blue tick coon hound. Does anybody know what a blue tick coon hound is? Blue tick, blue tick coon hound. A coon hunting dog. And it would roll in dead stuff. And, and I mean, it was just like, really, this dog could get nasty like, like nobody's business. And so you had to go outside. And when you had that dog, you'd have by the scruff of the neck. And it would just be like going everywhere. And I'd learned a technique. And the technique was, you know, you put the hose down. You get two hands on the dog. And then you throw your leg over it like you're going to ride it. Here, let me go up here. You throw your leg over the dog and buckle. Pick up the hose and you wash the dog. That's what some of you need to do with your mind, but you're not willing to do it. You don't get in the word and you let that thing just run rampant. You need to buckle the dog down, wash the dog with the water of the word and learn to walk in a new place. I mean, if God did it in Deuteronomy, under a lesser covenant with bulls and goats, Hey, how much more then will he do under the blood of Jesus, his one and only begotten Son? Oh, hey, I'm almost done. Ushers are biting at the bit. 
People are pulling their checkbooks out. They're like, I'm going to obey God. I'm not going to forget them. I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Hebrews 10. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm under a new covenant. I am. I'm washed in the blood. I'm born again, born again, born again. I'm made new. Woo! Uh, Hebrews 10. For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come, not of the very image of the things, and not the very image of the things, can never, with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. So he's saying that all of the Old Testament sacrifices cannot perfect you, can't really truly wash you, can't really truly cleanse you. Because there are types and shadows. But, goes on to say. Verse 2. For then they would not have ceased to have been offered. For the worshipers, once purified, would have no more consciousness of sin. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is impossible, for it is not possible, pardon me, verse 4, that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. Sacrifices and offerings you do not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. And burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you have no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come in the volume of the book, as it is written of me to do your will, O God. Previously saying, sacrificing, sacrifice and offerings, burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire. You had no pleasure in them, which were offered according to the law. Verse 9, then he said, behold, I've come to do your will, O God. Pay attention now. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. By that, we will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Every priest stands ministering daily, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which don't take away his sin. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. From that time, waiting till his enemies were made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. But the Holy Spirit also a witness to us. For after he had said before this covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will write on them. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Oh, verse 19, therefore, brothers and sisters, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from evil, evil conscience, our bodies washed with the pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. 
But he who, he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. If God did all of that over the Old Testament, do you think he's just going to leave you right now? No. But these things are possessed and accessed by faith. You say, well, how come everybody doesn't have it? Because not everybody believes it. How come every Christian doesn't walk in greater authority and power? It's a good question. They didn't wash the dog, maybe. Do you understand what I'm saying? How, how, how come everybody doesn't walk into the place of flowing milk and honey and all of that? It takes an act of violence. And so oftentimes we're double-minded. We, 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 we're double-minded. We're like, yeah, but, you know, we have to suffer. Well, sure, there's suffering, but you move through it. Listen, when Jesus died on a cross, the, the curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the holy place was ripped, rent from the top to the bottom. This curtain was as thick as a man's hand. And it was a picture, it was a, it was the it was a shadow of that which was in heaven. So when Jesus came, the Lamb of God that was slain before the beginnings of the foundations of the world, he sprinkled his blood on the actual mercy seat of heaven. He went into the, the tabernacle in heaven as the slain lamb to offer forgiveness and a cleansing of sin once. And for all. That's why we don't have to offer blood of bulls and goats anymore. Because it is finished. The Holy Spirit not living inside temples made by hands anymore. The Holy Spirit not living inside and behind a, not behind a curtain anymore. To, to come out on that Friday when, when, the, when the earthquake came and the rock split and there was a shaking and darkness over the earth. The Holy Spirit leaving the temple forever signifying that He comes to live inside of your heart. He comes to live inside of my heart. And the promises of God are accessed by faith. And if you let your mind squirrel about how you don't have this and you don't have that, you need to buckle yourself down and force your mind to de declare the word of the Lord and don't shrink back. Continue to believe it. Continue to speak it. Continue to act on it. And your mind will begin to change and you'll end up renewed and you'll end up walking in a place of power and authority and provision and blessing and healing divine. Can somebody say hallelujah? It's really like a whole sermon. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I was broken and addicted and afflicted. And it came. They set me free. Jesus Jesus The Lamb of God that was slain Ushers, come on I've messed myself up I mean, what else we're going to do? Thank you, Jesus Look what the Lord has done He healed me mm. Look what the Lord has done He saved me Look what the Lord has done He 
washed me and made me whole. Washed me and made me whole, yes. Look what the Lord has done. He healed me. Look what the Lord has done. He saved me. Look what the Lord has done. I'm born again. I'm cleansed. My name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Oh, look what the Lord has done. Welcome to Kings Wednesday night. We're glad you're here. Praise the Lord. Ushers, come on. Mm. Pastor Timothy, what a joy to have you in the house. Would you come and pray? Would you come and pray over our tithes and our offerings? And Let's see what else the Holy Ghost wants to do. Can I share a testimony real quick? Praise the Lord. Well, it's a miracle. My whole family is here in Wasilla right now. And uh, so I'm going to try and tell this real quick because it ties in with what Pastor Daniel was just talking about. God gave us a word uh, many, many years ago uh, in one of the prophetic conferences. And he's in it. Um, I thought he was going to do an altar call or something. At the end of that. <laughs> Um, and the word was, you don't have to worry about tickets. You just have to worry about getting everybody on the plane. So we were working, getting tickets, and uh, there was a mess up. And um, some of the, the rest, two of us would have made it tonight. And the rest would have made it on Friday during the first night of the conference. So we started just proclaiming that word. And that's what God said. And so it comes this morning, and we're going to get up early. There's only two flights in and out um, today. There's no flights tomorrow, so that's just how it works out there. So we are going to get up early, get on standby, and believe in God that we're going to get on the plane. We need seven seats, okay? <laughs> we get up in the morning, and we call the airlines. And they said, all the flights today are canceled. So what do you do? Well, if you're declaring the word, you got a word from the Lord. Say, God, you're going to do it some way. And my kids were like, I had a vision. We're going to be there today. And they're, you know, they're fully believing. And so we asked them, okay, what do we do? Well, we might have a flight this afternoon with another airlines. But both the morning flight and the evening flight were full. They were supposed to be full. So we go over there this afternoon. We said, we've got seven people like to get them all on this flight and I, and I said can we put them on standby and said yeah we can do that and so they put us on the list while I'm still standing there the other lady looks and says oh nope they're already off standby they are confirmed on this flight all of them all of them it's amazing so he can do it let me pray you got your envelope you ready 
Come on, let's pray for the offering. Father, we thank you, God, for your many promises, Lord, for us as your people, as we enter into covenant with you, Lord, as we give, as your people give tonight, Lord, that they would experience your mighty blessings upon their lives, Lord. As they give, I thank you that you command your blessings upon them, oh, Lord, that that your blessings are overtaking them, oh, Lord. Everything they put their hands to will prosper in Jesus' name. They are blessed. We are blessed, and we will multiply in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, and we speak it out. We break every bit of lack, every need broken. God, I thank you. Release a faith into your people, a gift of faith to believe. God, for provision in every area, that grace, even forgiving, Father, and we thank you. Bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's just go ahead. Can you uh, just sing anything? Whatever the first thing that comes to your heart. Get ready to get touched by the Holy Ghost right now. Right <laughs> right now. Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Ghost. Come.
you've done, God. Come on, lift your hands. somewhere with this. Toby, help me out. Give me a drummer. Glory. Give me a bass. Paul, jump on the bass. Come on. We call Wednesday night Holy Ghost night. Glory. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Come up and grab a mic. You know, we really work to try to put things together to be excellent in our music and all that we do. So as our sound man's just trying to adjust, this is not planned. But if you're going to call something Holy Ghost Night, you know I'd better let them have it. That's what I think. And that's what I've done. Just not quite sure. We don't have a bunch of time left in this service. I'm not going to keep you long. But I want you to be marked. The Lord wants you to be marked in your heart. He wants shame to break off of you. For you to know that He's he's not only faithful, He's able and willing to help you. And everything that He did on the cross, everything that He did, is all that you needed to have done. There's not one thing that was left undone. That's why one of the last words of Jesus was it is finished you've got power over darkness and disease you've got power over poverty shame and guilt we have the answer to the opioid crisis we have the answer to divorce we have the answer I was talking to some college students just recently. And now please don't hear this the wrong way. Because you could definitely hear this the wrong way. So let me just put a little addendum to say, if you hear this in a way that I'm not saying it, it will be offensive. Okay. They were talking about the next place they were going to do their piercing. Okay? And it bothered me in a way, and I understand that's culture, and I heard somebody else say, well, body piercing saved my life. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was wounded for our iniquity. Okay. So... I prayed, I just bothered, there's something about it that bothered me and I, I, I was praying and the Lord spoke to me. So many people are occupied with trying to get the next thing, whether it be a thrill, 
their flesh or the next entertainment. Or you could say, maybe the next piercing. I, I just know what the Lord told me. The Lord told me that when you're, when you're, not, in, when you're not enthralled by the beauty of God, then everything else can just become a... The way that we're wired up, we, we long to see His beauty, but so many times we're distracted. Please don't hear me wrong. If you want to go get your nose pierced or whatever, it's between you and Jesus, okay? I'm just saying that many times people become weak and anemic in their walk because they don't see the power of God. They don't see the land of milk and honey because they haven't washed the dog, you understand? They haven't been in a place of power and authority where the Holy Spirit wants to touch and, and dismantle you in, in a way that you put aside the things of time and tradition and your flesh. I want to see God and His glory and His power because He's the one that really heals. He's the one that satisfies. You know, in the end, a piercing doesn't satisfy. It's cool maybe at first, and then, you know. It's like a new car. You get a new car, you know, it's awesome. And then, like, the excitement of it fades a little bit. The excitement that God will give you in your heart towards the Lord will never fade. That's why around their throne, if somebody says glory, then they all just buckle out. Glory, glory. They'll start casting crowns because it was for eternity. You see another dimension of his power, another dimension of his love. Come on, just, just ask him to reveal himself to you. Let's sing. Come on, lift your voice. I hope you heard that the right way. Is that clear? Let him capture your heart. Not Hollywood. Glory. Glory, glory, glory. Yes. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory to the King. The Lord's healing people's bodies all over this place. Come on. Glory. He's healing minds. He's touching hearts. Holy Spirit. Release your power. Glory, glory, glory to the King. Do for a moment and get that above from my Isaiah. I sure hope you heard that the way that I meant it. We can be seduced by the things of the world of time and tradition when Jesus isn't the first and foremost, our first love. I think other things can be permissible. You let the Lord lead you, but don't leave your first love. That what you think about, dream about the most is what you're worshiping. Let me say that again. What you think about, what's mostly on your mind, is what you worship. I want to pray for you.
for healing. If you need healing all across this place, the Lord is touching and healing people right now. Lord, like a wave, like a wave of your power, just come across this place right now. Release your healing touch. Release your healing power. In the name of Jesus, infirmity go, disease go. Every ailment. In Jesus' name. Be healed. Every person here, if you're not right with God, want to give you an opportunity to get right with Him. Receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Don't leave this place in the condition you came in. If you're not right with God, don't leave like that. He paid the price for you and me. He paid the price. But you've got to receive Him. You've got to believe on Him. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus, you're online. You're here in the congregation. You say, that's me, Pastor. Whether you need to recommit or you want to give your heart to Him for the first time, pray right out loud with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my heart. Come into my life and be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. It says in the book of Acts, chapter 1 and verse 8, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you want the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, I want you to come to the front. I want to pray for you. Just come right now. If you need to be filled, maybe refilled because we leak. You want a touch of God. You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. God, give you your prayer language. Give you fresh fire, fresh power. I want you to come. You might have come 10 times before. It doesn't matter. Pastors, would you come? Ministers, would you come? Jesus said to the disciples to wait into Jerusalem until you're endued with power. 120 people in an upper room. And Peter, who couldn't witness to three girls at a campfire, comes out and preaches till 3,000 people get saved. One of the problems with the church today is that thousands of people can't even get 120 people saved because there's no power. You need the power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to continue just to flow, worship, and we're going to lay hands on these. You ready? Team, go ahead. Go ahead. Pray for them. Holy Spirit, come right now. Now, you just begin to participate sounds and syllables coming forth from your spirit the holy spirit praying through you the holy spirit praying through you now if you're already filled with the spirit just start praying in the spirit pray in your heavenly language right now and it's not the be all to end all but it is an entry-level gift that God will give you. Holy Spirit, I pray now, fill these. In the name of Jesus. Be filled right now. Holy Ghost.
in Ephesus said have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe why would he even ask that question if it wasn't something that was real and pertinent to living for Christ they didn't even know about the Holy Spirit and he told them about Jesus they got born again then they received the Holy Spirit come on let them feel you right now Holy Spirit come touch right now in the name of Jesus let it out Holy Ghost
people sometimes have a challenge because they analyze stuff. Come on, service is almost over. You got it. Come on, pray in the spirit. stop so when it comes time to pray in the service I say pray in the spirit listen there's there's two kinds of tongues let me say it, say it you can say it a couple different ways but I'll say it this way for tonight it's two kinds one tongues that is required to have interpretation so when there's a message in tongues and needs to be interpreted that's prophecy so if right now I just decided to give a message in tongues the spirit moved on me to give a message you know many times the spirit wants to do stuff Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So if I was to give a message in tongues, it would then need to be interpreted. That would then be prophecy. But then there's another kind of tongues. It's a prayer language. It's the Holy Spirit praying through you. Mysteries. Ephesians talks about it. Jude says, pray in the Holy Ghost and build up your most holy faith. Literally, the Holy Spirit operating economically with your spirit as one, praying through you the mysteries of God. What are you praying? I don't know, it's a mystery. Comes as an aspect of worship. Many times people are filled with the spirit when hands are laid on them. It is a biblical thing, it's nothing to be nervous about, but right now, the sounds that you hear right now, go ahead, everybody pray in tongues. It's people's prayer language. There's been numerous times in my life where I've heard the sound of heaven. The sound of heaven is a multitude of voices being lifted before the throne. It sounds like many waters. And in services like this, when people begin to sing in the spirit and just forget about the person on the right, and the listen, there's a time to study to show yourself approved, absolutely. And everything that happens here will happen biblically, and if, it, if something happens that's out of biblical order, I'll be fixing it, or one of my staff. There's nothing to be afraid of. It's a very healthy church, it's a safe church, there's not gonna be any weirdness happening here. Will people get in the flesh? Undoubtedly, we have flesh. But the Lord's big enough to sort it out. So don't worry about that. You, you just don't judge other people. You, you go after God yourself. Come on, we're going to pray in the Holy Ghost. You online, those of you online, come on, don't, don't just separate me from a screen or a device. Come on, you, there's no distance in the Spirit. We're almost done. Lift your voice. If you've not been filled just yet, you continue to thirst and hunger. I think I went to 50 altar calls before I got filled with the Spirit. My wife almost, you know, instantly. Very quickly, my wife got filled with the Spirit. Not in, not in church, at home. In the bathroom, all of a sudden, there she was singing like a songbird in the Holy Ghost. Come on, you, you ready to pray? Pray in the Spirit. You ready? One, two, three, go. Come on. Do prenaya kabaya baba baba. 
Come on, louder. Bold. It takes boldness. Just say amen and put your hands together for God. Say, what are you saying amen to? I don't know. Whatever we just prayed. We prayed mysteries. Come on, someone say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Let me teach you something I learned from my friend Jonathan Shuttlesworth. He says this. If you face a situation you don't know what to do, pray in a language that you don't know. And God will bring breakthrough. Did you get something tonight? We're done. Father, thank you for what you've done. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Minister Gill. We doing chairs? You ready? Okay. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us, Lord. Be gracious to us. Keep us. And give us peace. Amen. You be filled with the Spirit. Pray, pray in the Spirit as much as you possibly can. It'll transform your life. We will need some help because we're moving all our old chairs out, sending them over to Eagle River. Hallelujah. And all our new chairs arrive tomorrow. Hallelujah. Praise God. We love you. God bless you. God's on the throne. The devil's been defeated.